This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, welcome back to episode number seven of the Ops Authority Podcast with your host, me, Natalie Gingrich. So excited that you're here today. This episode is going to be so informative for you. It doesn't matter who you are, what side, if you're a CEO or an operations expert, this episode is going to be so forthright and telling of what it's like to be supported and what it's like to lead from a CEO's perspective. So when I created the Ops Authority podcast, it was on my heart to make sure that people could see the backside of people's businesses. And I'm going to be inviting a CEO along with their director of operations, integrator, business manager, whoever it is that is their right hand, I'm going to be having these conversations one time a month. And I'm so excited that Dana Malstaff and Amy Lochran with Boss Mom are going to be kicking off the very first one today. So if you've never heard of Dana Malstaff, she is the Boss Mom CEO. She's a community creator and she's a movement maker. She has a podcast, over a million downloads, which is wild as I begin my own journey. She has a podcast called the Boss Mom Podcast, and she's also written three books. There is no bio in the world that I could give to Dana without sharing a little bit about our own personal journeys, because she has been my lead mentor. She's been absolutely instrumental in my life and single-handedly changed the trajectory of my life after I left corporate. I left corporate wanted to get into the online space, saw what Dana was doing back in 2015. And by 2016, I had joined her Boss Mom Academy and was a member. And those gals that were in that program, the learnings that I got from Dana truly did transform and change me and led me to the journey that I'm on today. So I'm so incredibly grateful for Dana's hand in my business. And something that you may or may not know is that over time, I began to support Dana as a project manager. So in my journey in stepping into a certifier of director of operations, I served many businesses from a project management perspective. And I had the opportunity to lead Dana's boss mom retreats, which were so incredible. And then I also stepped into her business strategically for a while before handing it over to my friend who I'm going to introduce today, Amy Lochran with The Operations House. She is Dana right hand, her operations director. And Amy spent 12 years in corporate. She transitioned after that to supporting entrepreneurs to help them make more profits by strategically supporting them. She is also the leader of the operations house as the CEO and head integrator. She is surrounded by a team who collectively take on the small details so that the businesses can focus on the big picture, which also means profits. Amy is a gal after my own heart. We met, ironically, at the Boss Mom Retreat two years ago. 
Amy, if you're listening to this, we are about to celebrate our two-year friend anniversary. Amy has gone on this journey with me. She joined the Director of Operations Certification in its very first round, and I have been super lucky to watch Amy evolve and transition out of corporate into her own space, working in one-on-one work, and then progressing into a powerhouse business owner leading the operations house. So the reason I chose to bring on these two gals is that we are honest friends. I knew I would get a very honest and transparent conversation that would really help my listeners. So it's my greatest hope that you listen all the way to the end. There's going to be some laughs, there will be some giggles, and there's going to be a lot of great advice for you if you are leading a company or if you are supporting a company. So let's listen in. Alrighty, welcome back, Ops Insiders. This is Natalie, and I'm so excited today to have my two very good friends, mentors, and just straight up great people on the podcast with me today. I've got Dana Mallstaff. She is the CEO of Boss Mom. And we also have Amy Lochran, who has the operations house. She serves as Dana's director of operations. And we're just going to do a deep dive today and really understand how Amy and Dana complement one another in the Boss Mom business. So welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. I compliment Amy all the time. So (laughs) excellent. So Dana, let's just get right on in here. Tell us a little bit about your business and also how Amy became a part of your business. Yeah. So I started Boss Mom back in 2015 when we wrote the book, Boss Mom, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing Your Family Like a Pro, which I wrote because the day I quit my job, I went out and took too many tequila shots and got pregnant with my son, Jake. Yay. (laughs) Oodles of fun. Yes. Started the Boss Mom community because I was starting a business, had a baby, felt very isolated, very alone, saw a need, which is often what happens to have a community and uh, have a lot of background in cultural um, development and community development from my corporate background. And so the Boss Mom community just started to grow and flourish. Since then, we launched the podcast, which we reached a million downloads. We've written two other books. We've got three books out, get asked to speak all over, especially on community building, content strategy and positioning, all of those fun things. And we pretty much just uh, plan to put Boss Mom on everything. We want millions of women to say that they their businesses were launched and grown through the Boss Mom community is our ultimate goal. Yes. And I can attest to that. I was Dana was one of the very first people, if not the very first community that I became a part of as I transitioned from corporate into entrepreneurship. And Dana has been right by my side the entire time. I don't think there's anyone in business in this entrepreneurial life that I have spent more time with and has really led me to where I am today. So I owe so much both if friendship, I could hug you, I would. I uh, know. <laughs> both friendship and mentorship to Dana. But this community has really been life-changing for me as well as so many other people. Some of my very best friends in business have come from this community. And it's a testament to the people that Dana is able to pull together and then the nurturement that happens within that community. So yes, Dana is all community, but she has also been the foundation of so many people's business. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, you have listened to another podcast or seen a training or seen a live by somebody that Dana has impacted and grown as well. Oh, that's what I want. I want to secretly be the person (laughs) that they don't know it. They don't know it. That doesn't sound creepy at all. (laughs) So Amy, 
Tell us how you got to know Dana and how you walked into the role of director of operations. You know, my story with Dana starts similar, similarly to yours, Nats. I joined Dana's Raising Your Business program and knew that when I left corporate, I needed to not just isolate myself, but to be around other people that were trying to build a business such as mine and really seek the advice from people who are further along than me. And then I made the decision. And looking back, I don't even know why I would make the decision because I didn't know anyone else that was going to the boss mom retreat at that point. But I decided if I was going to be serious about the business I was building, I needed to put myself out there. And I felt, I don't know how else to describe it, but pulled to follow Dana's lead, what she was putting out in the podcast regularly, how she was helping people, the community, when you felt it in the Facebook group, I was like, I need to be at this event. And financially, it didn't make sense for my business at that point, but I went there. I ended up slightly stalking you there, talking to Dana on the last day about implementation and where I was taking my business. And that led to Dana reaching out to talk to me the week after the event about what my future looked like and eventually joining her team, which still blows my mind when I think back at like where I was and if I hadn't made those decisions. Yes. I can tell you that Boss Mom Retreat, which is one of the retreats that I've helped Dana to plan. I've been in Dana's business as well. And I can I remember that night, Amy. It was like it was one of the best nights. We you and I hung out a really long time, talked about business, and you were definitely supposed to be there. And I'm so glad that you were there because look at the three of us now. Some of my greatest friends I'm looking at here on Zoom as we record this, but also in business. And it's just it's a really special relationship. So when you came into Dana's business, can actually I'm gonna flip this back to Dana. Dana, what was the first win? What did you feel emotionally when Amy came into your business as your director of operations? Yeah, well, I was actually interviewed recently on a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. And she asked me about hiring who's on my team and what's one thing that she thinks that creatives should have. And I said, look, if you're a true creative, you're the person that has a billion ideas and you want to do a million things and you are you light up when you're in the creation mode, then you need a, a project manager, director operation. It depends on how big your business is as to what the role exactly is. Because one of the big things that Amy does for me is she she does two things that end up being huge, huge wins. One is she actually takes all of my ideas and makes them into some semblance of organization where we can actually delegate. So one of the huge wins from Amy is that I'm able to delegate to other people and figure out what I should be doing versus what somebody else should be doing. Because one of the problems with a lot of people who nowadays are either were a solopreneur or consider themselves to be creative, we have a badge of, you know, like this badge of honor on our arm saying, I can do all the things. I'm really good at everything. And we all know that the way you make the actual money is to, to delegate all of those things except for the one thing that actually makes you a crap ton of money, right? Mm -hmm. And so Amy helps to pull all those things together. And one of the very first wins was saying, here's all the things you're not going to do anymore. And here's yes. who we're, how we're going to have other people do them. And then the second thing that's huge is I call her my brain activator. So because I'm a creative, I need to be able to either get on a call or Vox or Amy and say, here's what I'm thinking. This is, this is what I like. I like this idea. Like, what if we did this? Or would this be cool? Or this is the challenge I'm coming up against. Or you know what? That thing that you have on my to-do list, I'm not doing it. And I don't know why I'm not doing it. And then she helps me, gives me questions and, you know, ideas and thoughts and understanding the dynamic of like how my team works, what everybody does, what our goals are in the business so that I'm not the only strategic thinker in my business. Like I think a really good director of operations and Nat, you're amazing at this as well is 
to be able to see the big picture of my business, not just manage the details and be able to delegate that, but to see the big picture and go, Dana, this is what you're reaching for. That thing that you just told me about, it actually would divert our energy and attention and everybody would have to stop doing this. Is that really what you want? And she makes me fight for my ideas. Mm -hmm. And in that way I go, yeah, you're right. I'm really not that excited or, oh, I don't know. Like I've got this thing. What could we do? What would it look like? And so she helps me take the things into a logical space, also understanding where I want to take the business so that I ultimately make good decisions in my business. And you need somebody outside of yourself that you trust to help make good decisions. Oh my goodness. This is absolutely one of the bigger distinctions I get asked oftentimes, like what's the difference between a business manager or a project manager and a director of operations? And what you just described could sum that up from the other perspective. Like I can speak on the DOO side, but I'm loving having these interviews with other CEOs to understand from your side, because I know that as a director of operations, we have to instill those boundaries. But the biggest distinction between that business manager, maybe a virtual assistant or a project manager, whatever, whoever else is in your business right now, if they're not able to meet you strategically, They are task managers and we need those people too. But when you can find that person who can catch your vision, and I literally think of like a vision with Amy catching it in a net and being able to to pull it together and also to come back and say, you know what, Dana, this this doesn't fit right now. Or why would we try to do this at this very moment? You and I may have had these conversations along the way too, but every CEO has them because we are finding ourselves as director of operations really collaborating with big visionaries, creatives, people who have lots of ideas and thoughts. And one of my very favorite things about Dana and the people when people come to me and ask me questions about you know brainstorming new ideas, I'm always saying, oh, Dana's the best at that. I would definitely leverage Dana because you are a big, big thinker. You don't go directly down to the weeds. I know you can. I've seen you flex that muscle before, but you are really, really, you're, you're a visionary. I mean, you can really see a big picture for, for yourself and for other people. And so it is so important. I'm so glad to see that your business has grown. And I know that you've seen a direct correlation to having a position like Amy's in your business to be able to help you move forward. And also the boundaries, like that's such a huge piece. I think that too often, well, I know, I don't think, I know that all too often we will go to where the money is. We will go, especially being female, we will go somewhere based or make a decision based on emotion or scarcity. And having somebody else who really has your interest at heart is, it's, it's just comforting. It's, it really is the extension of community and almost family. And you, the three of us can probably attest to that, that we do feel in this small business space. I know I'm very grateful for the businesses that I've been a part of to really become an extension of them and a fan. I mean, we, I mean, Dana, Dan and I are the best of friends. I mean, she's one of my best friends in the online space and in real life. And that all started because of her trusting me to come into her business. So I love that we have to make the distinction between online and in real life. (laughs) (laughs) As real people, we've actually hugged each other and had margaritas together. Maybe more than one. Just just saying. (laughs) So Amy, I'd love to hear from your side as you came into Dana's business and at the very beginning. So if you'll put your, how long have you guys been working together, Amy? You know, I thought of that. I looked it up after you asked, uh, this or this November will be two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Fantastic. And that is another thing. When you find the right person, you will go the distance. A lot of the people that I have worked with as well have been two and three years, which in the freelancer space, you see ranges much less than that. So you're looking at three months, six month contracts. But when you find somebody that you're really a great match at, you're going to find some depth there. So I love that you guys are coming up on two years. That's awesome. When you first came into Dana's business or into Boss Mom, tell me what what are some of the first things that you did? Dana mentioned kind of pulling together, you pulling together those ideas. Do you mm-hmm. remember from your perspective what it was? Yeah. I, the way that I joined the boss mom team was actually on a trial, just like, I mean, I think any of us would recommend you hire somebody on to kind of map out and look strategically at where some of the offers were and what it looked like based on things that were being offered for free, where they would bring income in and kind of just put the entire business in a one pager for her. And so that's the first thing that I did was a mapping of the business. And then once I joined the team officially, I think it was really around, there was a transition period for the team. There was a transition in a lot of people's lives. And we were just looking at structure up front to see like what felt right. And then I think the biggest thing that I brought to like Dana and I working together, because there's a one-on-one level of this type of work first, like a team management level is being able to see where she was coming from and what she wanted the business to become and then hold her accountable to that. Um, there's so many great conversations where it was like, we're probably going to stop this here. And the team doesn't need to come into it anymore because where you're aligning yourself is this great path for the future of the business. And I think that's really kind of where we open things up. Awesome. And then as you guys have evolved and worked together, can you summarize the role that you play in Boss Mom today? I provide structure to the team as far as what we're doing, the tasks. If Dana has an incredible vision of this is where I want things to be, where we are now and where we're in the future, what does that look like for all the pieces in between and who should it be? Because you said it yourself, Nat, Dana is the type of visionary who can cast huge things out into the world and say, this is what's going to happen. But she also has no problem getting down and be like, no, it's cool guys. I'll stay up until 2am and do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, we don't have to do that. So providing that structure and then being there for the strategic sounding board for her. It's rare that I would ever say like, oh gosh, that, that seems like something we shouldn't do right now. But to be able to ask those pointed questions to say like, is this something you want to fight for? Is this something that makes sense for when we sat at the beginning of the year, we were wanted to be at the beginning of 3Q. And if not, like what else could we shift that feels in alignment with you? I think that's the big thing. Like her, like a CEO's vision can shift at any point, but like what actually feels true to what you should be doing. And if it has shifted, I want to make sure I know so the whole team can know because we're marching right along with you. Like we fully believe in her as the leader. Yeah. One of the other things too I have to say is that that I really, really appreciate about Amy and that I think everybody should have when they have their director of operations is I see really often is that people come in and then they try and say, okay, here's all of my systems and then you're going to use the systems and I'm going to try and make you into the CEO that you're supposed to be. And that's really hard because we all work specific ways. So I think a good director of operations looks and understands the nuances of each team member and how they work best and then leverages that. So some understanding of human human beings and how we work. So I'm a very visual person. I'm not good at routines. To be honest, I'm such a creative that I'll do a routine and then at some I'll tell people that I'll eat a yogurt for breakfast for a month and then I don't want yogurt for a year. Like that's the best you know uh, mm-hmm. analogy I can give that I just I'll do something and then I'm like I don't I want to do it different or I need that variety. I'll get bored 
board, I literally rearrange my living room like once every couple months so that I don't have to move. <laughs> and so one of the things that Amy did, we were talking, I was thinking more about those early wins. Mm-hmm. We were trying to create this weekly management system. Like, Hey, Dana, what are you doing every day? And what does that look like? And I would be writing things in a writing journal and then something wouldn't get done. And Amy would be like, you know, what's really hard. It's really hard knowing what's on that piece of paper (laughs) in your notebook when I'm not (laughs) sitting next to you. And I'd be like, that's a good point. So we went into Trello, which I love, and we created a system and then we refined the system and then we tweaked the system and then we moved the system. And she was super patient with me that I think over a six month period, she would just change it. She'd be like, a week would go by and she'd be like, I noticed you didn't do anything. So we're going to change this. Hey, I noticed that if I put Butler in here and we actually made it so that a new day happened and you're forced to move everything to the next day you actually get more things done. Hey, I noticed if we did this, we, and so she was, she was amazing in the fact that she just morphed our system, seeing what I didn't, didn't do so that we've gotten to a point where I actually do all the things because as a CEO, what happens is someone, a, a good networking thing gets on a call with me. I get invited to something I know I need to do. Like I get it, my head into this one thing and it takes me six hours instead of two hours thinking about this strategy that we're doing. And those are good places to be, but things logistically still have to get done. If I don't approve content, I become the bottleneck. And a good director of operations helps ensure that the CEO isn't the bottleneck that keeps the business moving forward because we often are. They're the person that goes, how can I free everything up so that whatever's in your brain actually gets delegated out and things you think you need to do don't don't need to happen or that someone else can do. And understanding that she's morphed how I manage my week in a way that actually works even down. And if for any women listening and for any men, I'm sorry, this is too much information, but even down to like when I'm having my period, there's a particular time when my brain only works half as good and I can't, it'll take me three hours to write an email. And she has in our team calendar, that's like, Dana, slow down. If you ask her to do something, it's going to take twice as long. Like we've, she has measured in to our entire team. Concierge level <laughs> service there. <laughs> and, which is amazing because the whole point is we want to be effective at our job and right. to, to have somebody on your team who doesn't, who doesn't ignore those things and try and shove things at you to try and make efficiencies, but actually understands how a team works and how human beings work. Like that's a real, that's going to be a real treasure that you guys are going to want to keep because it helps you not feel guilty about things that don't get done, leverage your team and know that your money is being well spent in the places that are actually going to grow your business. Yes. If you are an operator in a business right now, whether you're an administrator or a operations expert in someone's business, I just really, really want you to go back and listen to what Dana just said. Although we have we are born to be, and we we are stretching and flexing that muscle of being really good at systems. We have to be adaptable. So a lot of times, one of those questions that comes to me is, well, if I, I'm talking about project management systems right now, but, and Trello is my favorite, mostly because Dana taught me about Trello, (laughs) but you know, if I'm using Trello, will I work with somebody who uses Asana or ClickUp or Basecamp or Teamwork or a spreadsheet or whatever it is, my answer and my guidance to you is in this particular case, if it works for the CEO, have it work for you. And if the CEO doesn't care, do it your way. But I have seen the greatest value and contribution to to leaders when I have been adaptable. And so 
Dana, thanks for pointing that out. And Amy is extremely adaptable, but as an operator in someone's business, you really will have to meet them where they are, or it won't be a good emotional fit. You're going to get ticked off, burned out, and want to escape because that's totally normal when you have conflict there. We are just in such small businesses that it's really important. If you don't have that adaptability, you're going to have a hard time sticking around in someone's business for a really long time. The other thing that I wanted to pick apart real quick is the creativity. So I look at someone like Dana or maybe even someone in an artistic role, like um, a photographer, an interior designer, or an artist who would be creative. Now, I'm always encouraging people to understand that operators in people's businesses are also very creative. We are just creative in a completely different way. We are creative with taking that the words that Dana may say and creating a visual or creating a mind map or creating a linear system. So we are creative in a different way, but at the end of the day, it's matching two different sets of creativity. I find there's a lot of friction when uh, when a CEO and a director of operations are the same type of creative. So that can be a challenge sometimes too. So I'm glad that you guys have found that synergy between who you are as people, and then also where your strengths are, because that's that's why you guys have been together for so long. That's why Boss Mom continues to grow. Yeah. I will say too, and she gets my sense of humor. You should find a director of operations where you laugh at the same jokes. I'm telling you, it'll be a much longer, more <laughs> fruitful relationship. <laughs> just, I mean, finding people to work with where when Dana comes up on my Voxer, I look forward to listening to. If you're ever in a situation where you've entered into a working relationship where you're like, oh, who knows what's going to happen this time an email comes through or something like that. It's just not a right fit, but I know she's going to say something to me. They're going to be excited to help put together for her. It's going to be an insight. We're going to break down or something's really going to make me laugh. Yep. She knows she's likely to get a gift from me. That's, that's because half the time I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm, I'm in the bathroom doing my hair and I have this idea. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you about it. You tell me where it fits in. How did this fruit fly get in here? <laughs> That's literally the message. And then I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. Okay, she hears a big clap and I'm like, I got it. Okay, Miyagi style, I'm back. All right, so this is what I'm thinking. So it's mainly like you got to find somebody that you're so comfortable that you'd willing to be like, do your hair in the bathroom and be yeah. voxering them about that idea and that thing and they don't think you're weird for it. If you are a CEO and you're listening to this, that's the value. I hear so often leaders coming to me saying, I need to find a Natalie or I need to find an Amy or a director of operations. And what they're really looking for is that true partnership, that person that you can be in the bathroom fixing your hair and have an idea and have a sounding board who will catch that vision, who will hold on to it to the next time you talk or go into a 15 minute, Voxer has a 15 minute limit. I may have stretched that before, but who will go into a conversation with you and be able to, to, to pull this out. That's what I mean as a solopreneur and as a small micro business owner, we need to find people who do feel like family. And so a lot of this emotional stuff that, that we have talked about today, it's real. It is absolutely real. I think all three of us and, and you guys who are listening have been in relation and working relationships with people who just didn't have the same energy, couldn't catch those funny jokes, couldn't catch your humor. And it's just not near as fun to work with them. Whether they have the right skill set or not, you know, if you have a preference, you're going to go with the person who feels the best to you. And so I would encourage you, if you're on the search, to make sure that you're looking for someone who just gets your energy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch it back to a little bit of business here. Dana, if you will 
think about the other leaders who are listening to this podcast right now. One of the biggest apprehensions that people have about hiring and bringing in a high level position into their business are always, it's always going to be finances because it's a risk. It's a, it's an extension. It's, it's you taking home a little bit less for a little bit of time to be able to have this support. So Dana, when does it make financial sense to bring on someone of this level? Really? It depends on what kind of business you want because not everybody wants to be a CEO, right? Some people want to be a solopreneur and they want to have a couple clients and work 10 hours a week. And it depends on what you're trying to build. If you're trying to build something that like, one of my goals is to never have a full-time employee, like a true full-time employee. I don't want to have a brick and mortar. You know, I, I want to have people on my team that have other members and team, you know, those kinds of things. I want to help women have huge businesses, even the ones on my team. But my goals as a CEO are to grow a brand, to grow a, to grow something that's going to have legs, that is going to expand, that is going to be around for a long time, and is going to have multiple facets. It's going to have a lot, you know, a lot of things going on, even when it's in its most simple terms. So I need somebody. I know for a fact that I need somebody outside of myself to help me organize those things. Right. So I would say as soon as you start to have more than one team member, like as soon as you say, Oh, I'm going to have this, you know, I have a virtual assistant who helps pitch me. And then I have somebody who helps manage our Facebook group. And okay, I've got somebody who's going to write content for me and those kinds of things. You need somebody to help manage those people because you can't go out and sell if you're the one doing the managing and that. So that's a good state of if you're starting to get these little tiny roles then you need somebody to pull them all together. If you're planning something big, like you're going to plan a big launch, a big event, a bit, you know, any of those things, you should bring somebody in and then you'll realize you just need it for your whole business, right? Um, There, if you're really trying to figure out what you're, what you're going to do in your business, you have a vision and you know what you're trying to do. Or even if you have a coach that's telling you and helping you figure out what that huge vision is and what that is, you need somebody to help map that out for you so you can logistically implement that vision then it's time to have somebody come in and help do that do that for you. So it's hard to tell you exactly when. And to be honest, from a financial standpoint, I don't know the right answer. I say that you need to have somebody, if, if you feel like it's time, you need to have somebody, like what I love about Amy is it'll say, I'll say, okay, we need to make sure we hit revenue this month, right? Like it's summer, it's a slow month. So she will say, okay, these are the revenue goals. This is the thing. We're going to help make sure we hit these goals. You're going to box for me every single day and tell me these things that you got done. And I'm going to make sure we're staying on task, right? So she'll, she'll make sure that I'm spending my time in the right place so that we can hit our goals. Because anytime you hire anybody, what my general rule of thumb is supposed to be is that if you're going to hire somebody to work for two hours a week for you or two hours a day or whatever it is, say it's two hours a day. You need to know what you're going to do with those two hours that is going to give you a 10-time return on the amount of money you're spending on that person, right? So whatever that time is, if you're not using your time, that if you can't say, okay, I hired somebody for two hours a week and those two hours every single week, I spent it on doing this one thing that generated a ton of revenue, then it's not your fault if they are not successful. I'm sorry, it's not their fault that you're not successful. It's your fault because it's their job to help you with your business. It's your job to make sure that you're getting an ROI Mm -hmm. on on their time. And that only works if you're spending the time that you weren't spending doing whatever, you know, they're now taking over for you by actually doing the things that are going to make you money. 
Amy is great because when that time comes, she helps make sure that I'm spending my time there. Or we both weep together that I was terrible and didn't do it and <laughs> slept instead. And then she tells me to go get my buddy gear. And we will all go through cycles like that. But but you're absolutely right, Dana. And I have done that and made the mistake myself when I've hired someone in a in a virtual assistant or a executive assistant role. I've given away three hours of work but I have filled it with nothing for myself. I filled it with being lazy or not doing the things to move my business forward. So unless you're going to exchange that time, you can't really expect, you know, we hear so much about how these relationships go south. And that is true that there's two parts to this, but one of those is just to make sure that you are really moving forward. So do you guys just curious out of curiosity, and I don't know the answer to this. Do you share financials with Amy? Uh, Yeah. We actually, we have a bi-weekly, every other week we do a budget call. We just had one yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Amy, do you want to, the, the, yeah, that go, part's actually really important for me. Yeah. We go through a financial process. Um, I mean, Dan has given me access to everything because we're able to see from like a PNL level and then on an intricate level month to month where money's going, where do we want it to go? And then how it impacts the month going forward. So should our goal shift? And it's, I think it's really important in this level to see that because if I'm not going into whatever system Dan is using um, with Entreport or any other way funds are coming in to say like, okay, here's how these programs are affecting our business. This is where truly I want you to spend your time on going on because we're getting the best return. It's the highest value to the brand itself. And that's important. And you need to have that awareness because otherwise a lot of the conversations where it might be vision casting from Dana, it would just be like, that does sound like a great idea, mm-hmm. but when you see someone's audience respond a certain way and you see the programs that we're offering, you're able to give more insightful advice. Yeah. And if you're not completely just honest with the person who's running your business, like of anybody, Amy knows everything. Like Amy knows everything. And she's actually the point of contact for our accountant. So she's the one who made the recommendation on who to hire based on what our goals were and what that looked like. Um, So, you know, she, her and I have to be, you have to have somebody that you trust because good times are bad. You have to be on the same page. Like my dad passed away a year into her working together three weeks before my big event. You know, she had to know what I'm going through and then know Hey, I'm I'm getting on calls and I'm literally sabotaging sales and telling people they they're not ready for things that they were a great fit for because I'm just in not in a great emotional space so that she can go, it's time for us to hire a sales rep, Dana. <laughs> so you can get back to doing the coaching which you love to do. Um, and I need and if I'm not can't be completely honest about everything good and bad that's happening in the business, the things that I'm excited about, frustrated about, worried about and I can't be completely honest, then all that's going to happen is she's going to set up processes and projects that never are successful because I'm not giving her all of the information. So you have to find somebody. Now, I will say, I think you, you should have a director of operations. And then I think you should also have a life coach because anytime I haven't had a life coach, poor Amy ends up hearing <laughs> other things happening in my life that I feel like I'm like, Wow, I really shouldn't have burdened you with that. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Maybe I should also talk to somebody so that you don't know everything about me. Couldn't be further from the truth. The reason I went into the financial question is because I feel that there's not necessarily a certain dollar, there's not a revenue number, there's not a particular time, like a length of like so many years in business when you should start looking for a director of operations. I really feel like it's almost the journey that you're on. And when 
I'm, I'm, I'm still like testing this out, but if you are feeling like you're ready to open up the books to somebody else, you're probably ready. And to have that accountability, you're probably ready for a director of operations. I will say that that's a great distinction between an online business manager and a director of operations. I feel like that is one of the qualities and one of the skills that may be a little bit different between the two. But in the director of of operations certification, we go over finances so that we can come in and truly partner at the highest level. And you can't, we can talk strategy, we can talk project management all day long. But if if we can't manage a budget, if you can't manage and give recommendations and you don't have access to the books, it's going to be hard for both parties to see the greatest value because we aren't the most inexpensive commodity in a business. We are, you know, it's definitely a financial stretch to pull somebody in. And I'm always, I, I like to tell other people who are hiring director of operations that I like to see a financial return within six months. And yes, that's a long time to be putting money out. But And I like to see it sooner, of course. But at some point, we have to pay for ourselves regardless of the role in the business. So if it's that two-hour virtual assistant per day that, that Dana mentioned earlier, you know, it's easy to measure the ROI there because we can say, okay, we need an extra $100 in sales this week to pay for that virtual assistant. When you're looking at a director of operations that are going to be thousands of dollars a month, you know, it's harder to see that return. But over the time period, you should be able to do that. So a lot of this comes down to finances. And I just want to make that really clear and speak openly to the to the leaders that are coming on this podcast, because it will make a huge difference in how we as director of operations are able to partner with you as a CEO. So as we're wrapping up, Dana, I just want to throw it back to you really quick to kind of close us out. And if you will give us just your opinion of the director of operations as a profession uh, and as it's related to your role, kind of give us, talk to your peers out there on why they should have a director of operations in their business. Yeah, well, I'll do this by complimenting Amy. We'll do. We'll have a. We'll end with a complimenting fest for, for Amy. I'm going to see if I can make her blush a lot. Um, here's the thing: is that I I'm not a big believer in business partnerships, as in finding so like marriage uh, romantically is hard enough um, to find somebody that you know. We're going out. We're trying to find these partnerships, and I'm not a big believer in that. But from a team perspective, you can't do it alone. You, you just can't. And it's not a smart idea. And to, you know, the, the goal then is to form relationships with people. You were saying this before who complement you in all the areas that you're not strong in, you know, all, and I'm, I'm happy to say all the things I'm really bad at. Right. And all the things, because I'm really good at the stuff I'm really good at. Right. And I make a a great living off of the stuff I'm good at. And so, finding somebody else who fills that other half that is all of those things that you're not great at and doesn't judge you for not being not good at those things, but simply just picks up where you leave off and then finishes things. Like Amy's my finisher. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have all these ideas and Amy's literally the one that puts them into a board and is like, here's all the things that have to happen in order for us to be done. Amy's the one that makes sure I don't finish things 90%, but actually finish things 100%. You know, Amy's the one that tells me to put it down and let's get delegate to somebody else. Or like yesterday I said, wow, I have all these emails I need to write. I write a lot of the emails. It's just, I'm just, I'm running out of time. I don't have time. And within 30 minutes, somebody else was, was managing it. She was pushing it off to somebody else. You know, if you, you can't run a business and be successful and be happy in your life 
unless you have somebody that helps you get across the finish line and do it with excitement and feeling support and feeling connection and all of those things. So when you find that companion, like I consider Amy to be like a sister, Mm -hmm. you know, a sister that's extremely good at her job. And I'm happy that she is because I feel like I could literally be out of my business for a month and it would probably get better because I have Amy and that's, that's what I need. I, you need somebody in your business that you don't feel like your business is a burden because everything falls to you. You need somebody in your business where you feel like you could walk away and somebody is there to not only understand how the business works, understand your vision, understand what you want, but is smart enough to be able to manage it and make it happen if you're gone. And to do that in a way that you feel complete trust for so that when that happens, you can actually step away and help your kid that's sick or deal with grieving or do those things. And if you don't have that in your business, then in in my opinion, then you're just on an island alone trying to build something that's going to be overwhelming and sad and depressing at some point because running a business is hard as opposed to being in a relationship that is really joyous and fulfilling and both of you get to have vibrant businesses on the way. Yes. I love this. I love all of it because I know the value here. And to piggyback on what Dana just said, you're going to have different levels of this as you grow in your business. If you're not ready emotionally or financially to go all in, to be the leader that you want to be, if you're not getting closer to that vision and maybe you're, you're inching along instead of taking really big leaps, then you're probably going to use a different role for this, but it's still important to be supported in whatever capacity. And so that's why we usually see a virtual assistant or an admin assistant. And then maybe we'll see a online business manager if you're in the online space or a business manager if you're in offline. But you'll see progressions of this support as you gain more success. So I think the ultimate goal is to end up in a situation, depending on the model, like Dana talked earlier in this interview, depending on the model and what your end spot looks like, what your vision looks like, you may want to aspire to have a director of operations. Maybe it's a much bigger business and you're looking at bringing in a chief operating officer. So we all have different journeys. We all have different endpoints, but it is just so important to find the support along the way. So thank you both ladies for being here. I'm so grateful to have your friendship, also your mentorship, and then just have you on this podcast to really show other people what it's like, like the real behind the scenes. That's what we're really interested in is to know how all of this works and to be able to use you guys as a guide and a mentor for other leaders and other business owners out there to understand what the role looks like and when we should hop in. So thank you so much. It is a pleasure and just my utmost love and passion to to support you guys both. It's been an honor to have a hand in both of your businesses. And so both Dana from Boss Mom and Amy from the Operations House, I appreciate you guys being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.